The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Start! You can call me Bruce. Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. You know, a couple weeks ago, when we were doing post-draft discussion, I picked out the Buffalo Bills draft class as Marvel characters. And you know, some people out there, the unfortunate among us, have not seen any of the Marvel movies. And first off, call me. Actually, don't call me. I don't want to give you my phone number. Message me. Okay, hold on. My messages are closed. Email me. No, don't do that. Okay, imagine if you would that I'm talking to you and encouraging you to watch the Marvel stuff because it's really a lot of fun. And some people felt left out by that. And one of the people who I have historically talked to who has not really seen any of the Marvel movies except for the first Iron Man movie, is the host of Locked on Bills. You know him, you love him, Mr. Joe Marino from the Draft Network. And Joe sent me a listener email after listening to last week's pod. And he wanted me to talk about something that perhaps, maybe, maybe he might be able to relate a little bit more to. And here's what it said. Listener email for the pod. Last week, you posted a poll on Twitter asking for followers to vote on their favorite Ninja Turtle, which got me thinking, who are the NFL quarterback comps for each Ninja Turtle? I felt left out listening to you compare the Bills draft picks to Marvel characters, although the segment was highly entertaining. Thought this would be a fun way to connect over football and fictional characters that I know well. And I thought to myself, okay. Now, first off, you guys know the fondness that I have for Joe Marino, so if he asked me for a specific show topic, I'd I'd probably do it. And also, I think we could do something here. Immediately after reading that email, I thought to myself, you know what? I think I can go somewhere with this. 
I think I could make this work like an actual podcast out of Ninja Turtles, because frankly, that's what we do here on the Bruce exclusive. So what we're going to do is we are going to go through the four Ninja Turtles and we are going to describe first their comps among current NFL quarterbacks. And then after the break, we are going to talk about the lessons that can be learned from each of those quarterbacks, because as we know from watching or reading the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they are very, very different. Although in certain video games or certain media, they may all look similar and maybe act similar. The cartoon and the comics really differentiate significantly, but they're all valuable in their own way. And when I did the poll on Twitter about the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, the reason that I did it was because my wife and I were going to purchase the Nintendo Switch game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, and play it when it came out. It is a homage to the late 80s, early 90s arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle beat-em-up games. And my wife and I like to play through those on occasion, so I did. And that got me thinking, who's the best Ninja Turtle? And then that inspired Joe Marino to send the email. And then this, of course, inspired this show. So let's kick it off with the leader because Leonardo leads Donatello does machines and Raphael is cool, but rude. And Michelangelo is a party dude, but quite frankly, that's not all there is to them. For the purposes of this podcast, I have essentially created an amalgamation of the turtles personalities taken from the video games, the comics and the TV show. And yes, I did the research for this pod because I did not read any of the Turtles comics, but I did research on what the characteristics and personality traits were like for each of those Turtles during their respective comic book runs, because I take this very, very seriously. You know, not not necessarily myself, because we are doing a, a pod about the Ninja Turtles, but I take the research very seriously. So I did it. My exposure to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was largely the cartoon and also the video games. So let's start with Leonardo. Leonardo is Matt Ryan. He's cool headed. He's generally accepted as the leader. If you'll notice, nobody at any point actually said that Leonardo was the leader. There was one stretch in one comic book where he kind of like became the leader, but right off the bat in the cartoon, it was just accepted that he's the leader. Just, we all just kind of follow and rule. Now it is exhibited. It is expressed as him being the leader and he acts like a leader, but no one actually made him that he just walked in the door and was the leader the same way that Matt Ryan did when he was drafted number three overall by the Atlanta Falcons. He doesn't make wise cracks. Have you ever seen a significant quotable Matt Ryan thing ever? Have you ever had Matt Ryan go? Oh man, that was a zinger, a wise crack, maybe some sarcasm, maybe a sardonic wit. No, Matt Ryan might be the most boring elite franchise quarterback who has ever existed. Now, you can make an argument as to whether or not he's elite anymore, but he's still playing at a high level. He's had MVP caliber seasons and maybe the quietest of all of the actual elite quarterbacks over the last 15 years in the NFL. Not necessarily quiet because he never speaks. Not quiet because he doesn't command attention 
Quiet because he doesn't ruffle any feathers. Quiet because he does the right thing. Quiet because he's boringly predictable. This is Matt Ryan. This is Leonardo. There isn't anything even special about his weapons. Leonardo carries katana. Pretty standard as far as weapons go. Anyone who has watched any show at all that has any reference to ninja or samurai or shogun or any of those things, you know what a katana is. Even little kids, oh, look, it's a sword. They might not know the right word for it, but oh, it's a sword. Is there anything special about Matt Ryan's weapons? Is he particularly athletic? Does he have a cannon? No. Everything about him is just boring, but good. But good. He doesn't ruffle any feathers. He doesn't make any waves. There's nothing you would look about and say he's spectacular. Even when you play as Leonardo in the games, he's always the most well-balanced character. He's not the fastest. He's not the slowest. His reach isn't the strongest, but it's not the weakest either. His power isn't the greatest, but it's not the weakest either. He is boringly middle. When I played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, they rank these traits, speed, power, and length. And right down the center, two, two, two. One star, two star, three stars of the ranking. Donatello's got three in length, obviously, but one in speed. Leonardo, completely balanced. Two, two, two. Nothing spectacular. Leonardo is Matt Ryan through, through, and through. But Leonardo's the leader, but Donatello does machines. So what on earth could you do to draw a parallel between an NFL quarterback and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Well, I did it. Donatello is Justin Herbert. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to listen to Justin Herbert talk. Dude is a nerd. I mean that in the best possible way. He also had a 4.01 in biology. He has length. He's tall. He's smart. He's gentle. Soft-spoken. All of these traits work for Donatello. In the initial Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for the NES, Donatello was the most overpowered character in the game because he had the length and also had the power. And he could hit things through walls, which would allow you to do things and to beat specific bosses that would otherwise be really annoying just by cheating the game and using Donatello. That's right. Justin Herbert is a cheat code. I look at Justin Herbert play the game and I go, that's not not fair. He has all the tools you could possibly want. But he's not loud or brash or rambunctious or any of the explosive personality traits that you would think would come from some of the other turtles. Justin Herbert is Donatello. Now, Raphael is interesting because the only thing they tell you in one of the theme songs is he's cool but rude. And you go, well, goodness gracious, cool but rude? What are we talking about, Baker Mayfield? <laughs> you know, because he's cool in the progressive commercials, but he's rude to the media? No, no, that's not it. I wanted to use all four quarterbacks being good players, like really good players. And Baker Mayfield has been up and down over the course of his career. I wouldn't classify him as a shoe-in as a franchise quarterback at this point by any means. However, Raphael is Kyler Murray. 
First off, the red, okay? The color. You got to give the color thing right there, right? He wears red. They both wear red. It works. One of the traits that is used to describe Raphael is sullen. Bad body language is a big function of Raphael. He's emotional. Sometimes he can get too high or too low. Kyler Murray has been criticized for having bad body language sometimes when things aren't going his way. How he doesn't necessarily handle the losses and the bad moments with the effective grace that you'd like to see. He also, Raphael speaking, has kind of a rivalry with the leader, which is Leonardo. Now, Kyler Murray does not have a rivalry with Matt Ryan. But after the season was over, there was some weird leaking that the Cardinals wanted to see more leadership from Kyler Murray. They wanted him to be a better leader. There was some weird conflict between him and the leaders of the organization being the general manager and the head coach because the leaks came and that was odd. But Kyler Murray and Raphael are explosive and they're gifted and he can do things that are incredibly impressive and his tools are unique. I mean, how many old movies have you watched where the protagonist uses a sigh that's weird. Bo Staff for Donatello? Yeah, got it. Katana for Leonardo? Sure. Sai? Do you know of another protagonist off the top of your head who uses a sigh? Or in this case, two? Unlikely. Because Kyler Murray's tools are rare. Kyler Murray is Raphael. And Michelangelo is Josh Allen. And you knew this was coming. And before you think that I'm diminishing Josh Allen, allow me to explain. Josh Allen is Michelangelo, who was described as the most naturally gifted of all of the Turtles. Is there a more physically gifted quarterback in the NFL than Josh Allen? Probably not. What about the wisecracks? What about the wit? Josh Allen is responsible for quite a good amount of sound bites that the Buffalo media has been able to distribute to the Twitterverse, and to the community at large. How about one New York team? I just want it more than anything. He's an incredible quote machine because he's got wisecrack and he's got wit. He hasn't just become a really good quarterback. He's become a star. And part of that is the ability to be intelligent, well-spoken, and fun in front of the media. How about the match? How about all the great quotes that came out from the match and Josh Allen's trash talk? Michelangelo is the member of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who coined the phrase cowabunga. That's him. And lastly, Michelangelo changes a lot over the course of the stories. The TV, comics, the movies. He changes drastically much like Josh Allen experienced unprecedented improvement over the course of his first couple of years in the NFL. Josh Allen is Michelangelo, not just because he's a party dude, but because of all the reasons I just mentioned. So Leonardo is Matt Ryan. Donatello is Justin Herbert. Raphael is Kyler Murray. Michelangelo is Josh Allen. I feel like I should end this podcast with Cowabunga. So I'll try and remember when I do that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. 
we're going to talk about the lessons that can be learned from these Teenage Mutant Ninja quarterbacks. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. You know, I have no idea how many of you actually listened to the first 15 minutes of the show. I don't know how many people clicked on it and went, he's talking about Ninja Turtles, and then immediately turned it off. I don't know. But we're going to continue to do weird content in this show because, well, we want to, and I think it's fun. And you got to do something. So we talked about the Teenage Mutant Ninja quarterbacks. We talked about Matt Ryan being Leonardo. We talked about Donatello being Justin Herbert. We talked about Raphael being Kyler Murray. And we talked about Michelangelo being Josh Allen. Now we're going to talk about the lessons that can be learned through those comparisons. As I was looking up all of the turtle traits and trying to match them to appropriate NFL quarterbacks, I learned a little bit of a lesson with each one of these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I actually think they apply when it comes to NFL quarterback play. The first one is that there's more than one way to lead. And I learned this from Leonardo. I think people look at quarterback leadership and they think of a specific thing. For some people, it might be the quiet stoicism that certain people give off. It might be the completely level it might be Matty ice level cool or it could be tom brady screaming let's go or drew Brees with the emphatic significant rambunctious pregame speeches it could be josh allen on the sideline screaming yeah let's go but there are different ways to lead forbes has a thing they call the three c's of leadership competence Commitment and character. These are the things that will cause you to be a good leader. Obviously, people will follow you if they believe you are competent. And if you are incompetent, if they do not believe you to be competent, then you're going to have a hard time leading them. Commitment matters because the people underneath you need to be able to believe that you are committed to the things you are telling them to commit to. And the third thing is character. People don't really want to follow you if they do not believe that you have their best interest at heart. If they don't believe you when you talk, if they think you're a liar or they think you're self-centered or they think you're judgmental. Now, you can have moments like that, but if they think that to your core, you are legitimately a bad person. You may be able to manage them. You may be able to be an authority over them, but you cannot lead. Leading is different. Leadership implies that people are voluntarily submitting themselves. They choose to follow. They don't follow out of fear of losing their jobs, getting kicked off the team because you didn't like them. They don't follow out of fear that they're never going to find a better job than what they have now. They choose to. And that leadership comes from those things. None of those three C's I just outlined have anything to do with how loud you are. They don't have anything to do with your decibel level. It's the three C's, no D. Decibel level is not relevant. Your height is not relevant. Sometimes people in corporate culture will joke that has leadership traits actually means is tall and or has a loud voice. That's what has leadership traits mean. And it's absolute hogwash. 
because there are different ways to lead. But all leadership has those things in common. So that's what we can learn from Leonardo and from Matt Ryan. What can we learn from Donatello? We can learn from Donatello that the has interests outside of football card is complete hogwash. Justin Herbert was really good at football. He can also simultaneously be a good student and be interested in biology and be a nerd who has hobbies that don't involve football. These are part of being a well-rounded human being and are not a threat to football players. I will never, ever understand. Every draft process, some sort of prospect, gets held up as an example of why this is complete horse crap. Well, you know, I don't know how committed he is to football. Why? What makes you think he's not committed to football? Did he not show up for practice? Did he blow off the work that his coach was telling him to do? Oh, no. He likes Harry Potter? That's your thing? That's what you've got to go on? Give me a break. People being well-rounded is good for their long-term mental health, probably prevents burnout, and people absolutely falling apart and retiring from football early because they get burnout like Jake Locker. People are worried that they're going to have an Andrew Luck situation on their hands where they're going to retire early. Andrew Luck didn't retire early because he liked something aside from football. He just didn't want to get smashed in the head anymore. And you might think that if he had more love for football, he would have stayed. But I would counter that it's worse for their mental health to be entirely one-dimensional. Because then when they get cut or they struggle, they have no support system, they have nothing else in their life to help keep them balanced while they get back on track. So the thing we can learn from Donatello is Donatello like machines. He was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Sure, but also he was a nerd. He was the sensitive one of the group. And he can have hobbies. He can tinker on things. And that doesn't make him less of a part of the team. In fact, if anything, that well-roundedness was a benefit to the team. What can we learn from Raphael? Two things. Number one, a quarterback's public persona is not necessarily who they are. The first thing I said about Raphael was that the song said... He's cool but rude, but he's so much more than that. He's so much more than that. If you did the research on Raphael, there were layers to this guy. How about what a great big brother he was to Michelangelo, who was the youngest of the group? What a great big brother he was, how incredibly protective he was of his little brother. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't fit into the cool but rude thing, does it? There are layers to this. And part of being a quarterback is public relations. It is. It absolutely is. But that's not all there is to being a quarterback and not all there is to being a leader. Now, I understand that that's a big part of what shapes the public narrative. And I understand that that's part of the narrative around Kyler Murray. But if you ask the people on his team, they'll tell you different things. Why? Because Kyler's probably different with them than he is with the media. A quarterback's public persona is not necessarily who they are. The second thing is that using off-schedule plays as a trump card is an incredibly powerful thing because you have the traits to do it. We talked about traits when it comes to quarterbacks and why traits give you options is a thing, right? Using off-schedule as a trump card is far more valuable than using it as your only card. Are we ready, again, 
to talk about quarterback height. Because after the success of Russell Wilson and after the immediate success of Kyler Murray, people were like, okay, quarterback height doesn't matter. No, you're wrong. It still matters. Height is a trait. Have you looked at the heat charts for Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray? They don't throw deep down the middle. Do you think it's a coincidence that two of the shorter quarterbacks in the NFL don't throw deep down the middle? It's just not where they throw. They really never have. It's not a big part of their game. They are elite boundary passers. Really elite. But there's a whole section of the field that they don't see as well. And so they don't pull the trigger as well. Which gives the defense a benefit. Now, thankfully, when you have elite traits, you can make up for it. But there is a negative, and it is related to height. So we're not ready to have the discussion, I don't think, as an NFL community to get back to the spot where height actually does matter. Like, it is a box that does need to be checked, and it's not a deal breaker if you don't have it, but it is a negative. It will not by itself stop you from becoming a good NFL quarterback, even an elite NFL quarterback. But qualitatively, it will show up, and it has shown up. It was the same thing with Tyrod Taylor. So I know it's not popular to talk about as much anymore, but guess what? Height still matters for NFL quarterbacks. And the last lesson that can be learned from Michelangelo, Josh Allen, is change is so uncommon that we expect people not to. I want to tell you a story. So I went to the hospital a couple years ago and I told you guys I had a gallstone and it was really bad. And when the doctor discussed with me what my options would be, he talked about, okay, well, you know, you can change your diet and that'll help with this stuff. And you, you know, probably have it removed if you want to have your gallbladder removed. And I said, okay, all right, all right, awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And I went home and a couple of days later, I had a call from a surgeon and the surgeon said to me, Bruce, I want to set up a time for you to remove your gallbladder. The doctor who you were meeting with gave me your information. And I'm your referral. And I said, hold on, wait, 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 wait. I didn't decide I was going to have my gallbladder removed. He told me that I could change my diet and potentially rid myself of these problems and really help myself out. And he said, oh, well, I, I, think, I think it must have been a miscommunication. And so I called my doctor back and I said, bro, why did you have a surgeon call me? I, I thought you said there were other options. Are there not other options that I misunderstand? And he said, well, no, Bruce, I just assumed you were going to have it taken out. And I said, so that stuff you told me about changing my diet, nobody ever actually does that, do they? He says, no, no one does. I said, well, I will. I would much rather change my diet than have myself cut open. And he goes, okay, well, you know what? Just keep the surgeon's information just in case. Because he didn't think I would do it. Because people changing, people making adjustments to accommodate for things is so incredibly uncommon that we expect people not to. Having quarterbacks who take a leap year three is so incredibly uncommon, we just expect it not to. We don't say things like highly improbable. We say never. And that's the problem. We speak in these drastic terms when in reality we don't mean never, we mean highly improbable. But change is so uncommon in people that we just expect them not to. We just expect Josh Allen not to. 
We just expect Michelangelo not to. There was a lot of growth in Michelangelo's character over the course of the TV shows and the comics. He became a much bigger role later on in some of the newer TV shows. But if you give people time, they can change. I'm not saying they're going to. But setting the expectation up front that they're not going to, it's never going to happen, and just assuming that we're going to have to make drastic changes because they can't change it on their own, well, we're going to have to make drastic changes to this offense because Josh Allen can't possibly learn to X, Y, Z. Okay, well, he did. And I recognize it's uncommon. I know that. But the sample size is one. So, Doc, I recognize that not a lot of people are willing to change their diet in order to avoid gallbladder issues. But I'm not lots of people. I'm Bruce Nolan. And I'm willing to make those changes. And I did. And I still haven't been cut open. And it's been over three years and I haven't had a lick of pain. Because I made the adjustments necessary to my life to prevent myself from having to get cut open. These are the lessons we can learn. So I recognize that this podcast took a strange turn. It started off weird and just went weirder from there. But somehow I wanted to connect all of it. And I think I did. So I hope you found this enjoyable. I hope you laughed. I hope you thought it was interesting. Normally I'd say, if it was food for thought, I'd say, hope you didn't leave hungry. But I'm not even going to finish with that. Cowabunga dude. I'm Bruce Nolan. Buffalo Rumble.